Welcome to Biak Club. Hello, welcome, welcome back. back. Yes, welcome back to, to Biak Club. Biak Club. That was that was fun. Yeah. Um, oh this is yeah, gonna be like been... if we get this out when we're intending to get this out, this would be like the shortest gap between episodes this year, probably. The, in twenty twenty three, yeah. And we were pretty consistent at the start of the year, actually. It was only when we got to sort of biophilia that it slowed down. It was when, we, when it got to bio, summer. A lot of damage was done by biophilia. Biophilia really took <laughs> it out of us, and we needed time to recover. We're on, oh my god, the most recent album, number 10. We're on number 10, Fossera. Her, yeah. Came I out this year? Really, no, it didn't. It came out last it? year. Was it last year? Oh no! Came... I thought we were more. Oh yeah, because it it had come out when we started the pod. We're we're trying to get this one out by a one year anniversary. Yeah, it came out September twenty twenty two, I believe. Yeah. But what is her um... current sort of release pattern like? Like if if she sort of follows the same length gaps, when would the next one come out? Well, Utopia was twenty seventeen, so that was. That was five years. Yeah. My guess would be, like, 2026. Yeah, it's, I think she, she's definitely going to come out with another album, but maybe not, but for, not for a while. Which, a while. like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of work that goes into these. She has, like, an artistic process, I'm sure. Well, she's still, she, she's still releasing stuff. She just released a song with Rosalia. Oh, no, yeah. She, she releases stuff all the time. But, like, I mean, like, like a full, like, album. Yeah, it, it won't be for a while, I don't think. What did you think of Fossera? Should we go into maybe the background of Fossera first? Because I've, okay, I've got yeah, some yeah, fun yeah. facts. Sure. It was recorded through the pandemic. So this is very much a pandemic album. And you know how This Arca... is her folklore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know how Arca was a producer on Volnacara and Utopia? Yes. Arca was supposed to be a producer on this album, but because of the pandemic, Arca lives in Barcelona and Björk lives in Iceland, so they couldn't they couldn't work together. So that's why Arca doesn't feature. Um, what well, and Björk is she's unwilling to use Zoom. I I don't. She just said that it wasn't possible. I think that's fair. Enough. I'm sure they both had a lot of going on. Like I think by when I mean pandemic, I think. This was being made from the beginning of the pandemic, so when you really couldn't leave your house, I think. In terms of what inspired the album, um, so her mother passed away in 2018. Have Do you know about the mother and her I I, I knew that passing? that was, like, a big theme on the album. Also, it was on um, Volnokura, there was a song about her mum being sick, wasn't there? Quicksand. Yeah, so that was about, I think her mother had a heart attack then. And yeah, in 2018, she, I think Bjork started writing the album while she was caring for her mother and then after she passed away. So I guess some of the themes are how she sort of dealt with her grief. And she also talked quite a lot when the album was released in, in interviews about how, you know, Volnikara was the, the divorce, divorce vibes, divorce album and then <laughs> utopia was her sort of escape and so she she sort of talks about fossera like it's her return to earth and then you also have this fungus theme um 
I guess some people refer it to her mushroom album. Um, of like nature and plants and like stuff about of soil yeah. and roots. Okay, I have a, a little quiz, okay? Yeah. So when the album came out, Mm-hmm. On the UK and US album charts, where yep. did they respectively place at when oh, it I literally, this It says this at like the top of the Wikipedia, so I, I probably do know oh. this. I'm pretty sure the UK was number 11. Yeah, correct. And US, I would guess, I definitely in the top 100. Can we, can we do like higher or lower? You can have five higher or lower. Okay, uh, 35? No. So you see, you said tell me higher or lower then. <laughs> oh, it was. It's lower. Um. Okay. One hundred eleven. Higher. Eighty. Lower. Nine two five. Lower. Is this my last guess? Yeah. Mm, one hundred one. It was a hundred. You were so close. Ah. I was just so interested, though, that it had such different placings in the UK and the US. I mean, she's always been bigger in the UK, hasn't she? She's had, like, hits in the US. Is she is she as known as she is in the UK? Because I feel like in the UK, most people of a certain age, at the very least, have a vague... And by a certain age, I mean older than us, probably, would have a, a, an idea of who she is. Do you think that is the case in the United States? I guess not, judging from the the difference in the rankings. But I always think, assumed that think, she was like a, most a big te- star. What percentage of Texans do you think know who Bjork is? Of all Texans, of every, every man, woman, and child in Texas, uh, I would say forty percent. Do you think there's like a forty? That's quite high. I mean, I think it's less than that. Do you think? Wait, I want to look up if there's like a Texas Bjork society. I think Bjork is one of those people that is famous, even if people can't (laughs) name one of her songs. They might be able, they might know who she is. If you look her up, it just comes with some guy called Ross Bjork, who's like an athletic director in Texas. Ross Bjork? Ross Bjork, but I think he's unrelated. He has a very square (laughs) face. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm gonna, what's he called? Ross... Just look up Texas Bjork and all the results are about him. Oh, wow, yes. That's like a rectangle. <laughs> no, not a rectangle, are... an oblong. There aren't really any... I looked up Texas Bjork singer and there's like no results. She called out sexism in the media following DJing at a set at a festival in Texas. Slay. And she said she left the US because of gun violence. Those are like two of the top results. But Texas is one of those places where country music sort of dominates if it was like california or new york yeah so i guess she's not a texan queen no yeah. okay the one other fun quiz question i have for you in one of the interviews, she, you know how in like 
when they're interviewing an artist or an actor or something they spend the day with them in like a magazine interview and they sort of like talk about what places they go to and stuff i literally read one like this with bjork and they went and they listened to one thing by amory and she was like i'm obsessed with this song anyway in this interview bjork was driving a car what color was the car and what brand was the car what type of car this was in iceland what do you okay, think i she's think driving? it would be like bjork's car would be like bright orange tangerine scream and i think it would be a range rover Oh, you got so close with the car. It's a Land Rover. Oh, she would have a Land Rover. Is it, it, <gasps> is it like Rosemary and Time's Land Rover? What colour's that one? Brown. <laughs> Brown <laughs> or green. I don't know. It was described as a white Land Rover. I thought she'd go for a more funky colour, but... I guess that's... I'm, I'm here for the Land Rover. I think Land Rovers are cool. Yeah. They do use a lot of petrol, though. Or diesel. It's a very British car, which and well, she think... likes sort of Britain and England, doesn't she? Or like, well, I mean, I... she lived there for a long time. I don't know if she like loves the country. Well, I think it's because it's Iceland, so you need a good car to cross volcanoes. Have um, you seen some of the Foster music videos? No. There's there's one that has like a volcano in it because there's like is lava it, and stuff. Is it filmed in Iceland? Yeah, I think she lives permanently in Iceland now. Good for her. Not After Texas. the pandemic, she just moved back there permanently. Anyway, should we should we start? I think we should say what we think about this album, like our general kind of thoughts. Do okay. we? Do you like it? First of all, I I like it. I I I do like there it. There's a mountain in the studio. <laughs> I I do like it. Okay, I don't know if I love it, but I don't dislike it. I like it. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I would kind of feel similar. Like, I listened to it yesterday, and then right after I put on Best of Teen, and I was like, oh, it just doesn't quite, it's not quite in that upper echelon. But it's still, there's some solid ones on here. This is nowhere near, like, biophilia depths. This is... No, uh, no, it's not, it's not, like, terrible. <laughs> Biophilia isn't terrible. It's just no. not, it's quite middle of the pack. One of the issues I had with this one was it didn't flow necessarily as well as some of the other ones. Something like Vespertine, all the songs sort of flow into each other and they have, they're still different sounding songs, but they're sort of a similar sound. Whereas this yeah, one. Yeah, there's like a, was, a common thread that runs between them. Yeah, whereas this one felt more of a sort of mishmash. And then when you learn more about sort where disjointed. the songs. Yeah, when you learn more about where the songs came from, it is more apparent. So I think the second half flows better than the first half, and I like the second half better, with some exceptions in general. I agree. I prefer towards the end as well. Overall, I like it, and then as we go through, we can get into, I guess, more of our thoughts. Yeah. So, do you want to just get into track track one? Yeah. Uh, a top, a topos, I guess is topos. how I pronounce it. A topos. Yeah, the name is Greek, and it means unusual or like out of place. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. straight away we get into like, would would you say the main kind of instrument on like the last album was the harp album, and I feel like this album is no, like, the last album a, was the flute album, not harp, flute, flute. Sorry, there yeah. were harps as well. 
But the main one that I picked up on on this one is probably like horns. There's a lot of horns, right? I think this album is the clarinet album, but there are a lot of horns, especially on this oh, song. This, it, they very well may be clarinets. I do not have a musical ear. It no, sounds that, like a horn to me. <laughs> there are a lot of horns, but also there's clarinets as well. Yeah, the ones think, on the song that sort of sound like... There's like the honking noises, I think, are clarinets. Here's a clip okay. of a topos. Okay, I'll start with what I think about the song. Well, I guess the meaning of it is sort of this disconnection or sort of a relationship where they're focusing too much on their flaws and perhaps they should focus on uh, the good points of the relationship and they can sort of, that I guess that's represented musically because it's quite deconstructed and you have this sort of honking clarinets and then there's this like mm. massive techno breakdown at some point but yeah i, I liked it I, I mean i don't know if it's about like a specific relationship or just like connecting with people in general it's definitely about she says the word connect about like a hundred times i like the ending where she goes hope is a muscle that allows us to connect and it's like, i know maybe i'll play that bit yeah I liked it though. I thought it was a strong opener. I like it. It's a strong opener. I think it's one of the better ones on the album. Um, I like the lyrics. I like the vibe. It's quite hype. Like I feel like, especially the ending of the song, it's quite like. Yeah. Like I get. Would this be a Would this be a snake dance song? No, this would be okay. like cockroach sitting on top of like a subwoofer, bass boosted, kind of like bouncing. A subwoofer. Down. Yeah. It's a kind of like speaker, isn't it? <laughs> Subwoofer. I don't actually know that much about speakers and tech, but I, that's definitely I didn't make that up. But yeah. Okay. Because parts of it sound kind of medulla esque, which I feel like a couple songs do, with the yeah, kind of layered backing vocals. Yeah, there's 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 a, some songs in particular that are very medulla esque. Uh... But yeah, this one's solid. Good opener. I I like the vibe. Hmm. I don't have that much else to say. Yeah, should we move on? Should we move to... on to number two? Of you all. The beginning of this one is so good. It's quite a sudden transition, isn't it? It's just suddenly... I wanna, I don't, wait, I'm going to just play it. To me, it sounds very epic. It's like epic sort of fantasy horns like yeah. you know when Shrek and Fiona leave the swamp and there's the guys out there with the horns and then one of them yeah. plays like doo, 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 doo. but like if it was like an actual like badass like fantasy movie yeah. this is what they would play and then sing about eggs yes it was it was really good it's quite spacey in its lyrics about this I love the lyrics blob. the lyrics yeah the lyrics are like some of my favorite on the album because they're so fucking like beautiful and weird and just lovely yeah, I like how that it sort of gets a bit quieter towards the middle, and then it, there's there's almost like sort of a drop, which I think happens in quite a lot of the songs on this album, and then it sort of builds up again to this like big breakdown at the end. I like how she, the first like four lines of the song, come back again at the end. Yeah, 
um, place a glass egg above us floating in the dark, blood-red oval void, as you do. Yes. This one, I um, would you say, feels like it's about... I don't know what this one's... Like, a, is it about... Ovule obviously conjures up, like, egg, egg cell, mother, the motherhood theme coming again. But then I feel like the actual song... I don't, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't I thought, know what this... It's about some kind of relationship. Maybe yeah, romantic. I thought it was highly, highly metaphorical, uh, sort of depiction of love and mm. sort of various aspects of a relationship, I guess. Yeah, I don't think it's... I think she has sort of said about some of the songs on this album that some of them are sort of purposely sort of gibberish or, like, she doesn't... doesn't she just sort of wrote lyrics and... But it, I, it works know. on this one. It does. It's really good, yeah. I think it's I a good like one. I like the bit where she says, uh, when I was a girl, I felt that love was a building. I marched towards, but deadly demonic divorces demolished the ideal. Like, that's the alliteration. Oh, that alliteration. Next <laughs> Someone did well in that English language, GCSE. <laughs> this song uses metaphors. <laughs> Alliteration. Metaphors create imagery. Repetition. In this essay, I will be writing about... <laughs> I also really liked the... Actually, like, wait, you know what? Maybe oh, I do like this album. <laughs> no, because I, I find that like, when, when I talk through the albums, I like them more. Yeah, because I, I sort of yeah. I also feel like this one was very much. There were a couple. There was one song that I loved immediately, and I still love. But on on the whole, it was definitely a grower, and I've enjoyed it more each consecutive listen, and will probably continue to enjoy it. More. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do like the album. Not like there are some like Medulla. I enjoy it less and less with each listen. <laughs> okay, I'm not getting into this. This is for the for the ranking episode. Okay, or sorry, I'm bringing in too much other album stuff. I'll save it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Ovule. Yeah, track three, Mycelia. This one's more of like an interlude. I really like Mycelia. Oh, that's interesting. There's, well, there's okay. There's two like instrumental interludes on the album. Yeah. Do you, do you like this one more or the other one? The other one is I a lot more I... chaotic. Yeah, I think I prefer this one. That's interesting. It's, it's quite medulla-ish, but I would say nicer. It's be- it sounds nicer to me. Do you oh, think... this is the one with like, the beeps and the trills. Yeah. Do I you do think like it, sounds well. like it sounds glee. Nice. like glee? Like, you know the, the soundtrack of glee? You know, the score bit? like that bit a little bit like yeah i would say i like it but i think it goes on way too long oh i like it especially the bit when it like starts to get more experimental and they sort of go like and they like go down I just think it's kind of the same shtick for, like, two whole minutes. I think it would be great if it was, like, a minute or less. I guess, but I like it because it's supposed to sort of represent mushrooms growing and spreading Ooh, and stuff. Oh, that's quite cool. So when you think about it like that, it's quite fun. Like, it's, I very think like if... the la- it's very The Last of Us. Yeah, I think if it was set to, like, an animated or, like, a video of something growing, it would probably be more enjoyable. It still sounds very nice. It just like slightly overstays its welcome for me personally. Okay, yeah. 
Okay, number four. Sorrowful Soil. It's a great title. Yeah. What do you think of Sorrowful Soil? Um, let's talk about eggs again. It's it's like, well, it's sort of, you know, tying together those two, even in the title, Sorrowful, Sad, Grief, Death, Soil, Earth, Mushrooms. Those are sort of the two themes of the album, right? She sings about, like, Sorrowful Soil, Roots of Dog. In a woman's lifetime, she gets 400 eggs. Nihilism, you did your best. You did, 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 did it. It's good. I like it. Um, it's fine. It's it's about her mum, right? She literally says. Well, she like, she wrote it as her mum was was her mum was dying, and I guess it's sort of. Oh, no. About maybe her, preparing for sort of her life after. Like I guess that's the sort of digging. But then also digging right. could be like a, a, I guess a grave, and like then trying to ground herself like post loss. Like yeah, roots. that's what I took from it. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then just try, sort of trying to not, like, I don't know. It's good. It's fine. It's not one of my favourites, but it, it does the job. It sounds nice enough. Is it a cappella? Or at least, like, the first part? I think, it yeah, the beginning is... I, I don't think it's completely a cappella the whole way through. I, I got a new life. <laughs> No, maybe not at the end. Do you like yeah, so, what, what are your thoughts on Sorrowful Soil? Is it one of your favourites? It's not one of my favourites. I think it's well written and I think it's sort of a nice. Wait, um, I think I need to hear a bit of it. Yeah, I, I think it's alright. You know, it's fine. Uh, okay, so number five, Ancestress. I love Ancestress. I love Ancestress. This it's... one is like, for me, a turning point on the album. It's like the best one so far. I like it a lot. I agree. I think it's one of the strongest ones on the album. I love the intro of it, but also the, when the chorus kicks in. Oh, so, mm, they're like just the instrumentation at the start, the, the strings. There's like a gong, it sounds like, and maybe some like I bells. I think it's a gong, it, yeah. It just all comes together in such like a pleasing way. And the lyrics tell like a really moving story. This isn't something we talked about yet, but this album has like a lot of collabs on it. Well, this is her son. Mm. Um, her son is doing, I guess, the backing vocals on the chorus. And he, he yeah. is a musician himself. Um, but the, the point of the song is Bjork said so her mother's passed away and this is almost like an epitaph for her mother. So she said that if she was the priest at the funeral, this is what she would have said. And um, the type of song is inspired by this type of Icelandic folk song called a Graf's Krift, which is sort of, I guess, yeah, like you would give a eulogy and it sort of talks about a person's life and sort of what they've done, which is kind of what she does for her mother. But also she talks a lot about sort of her mother's illness. Yeah, there's a, like, is it the, I don't know what kind of number verse it is, but the, when she talks about, like, her mum, it sort of alludes to her being, like, in hospital and on her deathbed. It's sort of just her and, like, some strings. It's yeah. quite sparse. And it's quite, like, mm. 
this time. There's also a bit in the middle where there's just like silence for a little bit and I don't know whether that was supposed to symbolise like her mum actually passing away but it was quite poignant I think to have that in the middle. Like the longest one so far as well. I think it is the longest one on the album. It's over seven minutes. I think it's a good length though because I think sometimes with an example like Black Lake or I can't remember what the really long one was on Utopia. Body Memory. Yeah. And like they're good songs and they're well made but I think sometimes they can be a bit over long. But this one was still a long song but it, it felt like it was good and it had enough in it that... I think it has, sort of it has it's it. got a lot of, sort of weight and substance so it doesn't feel hollow. It feels like it deserves its runtime. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. My favourite so far. Um, also the ending is really good there's like these chimes and then it's sort of silent for a bit before the next one kicks in oh well the, the last lyrics also are very like Translucent skin, let go of a cold palm embalmed. Very much like open casket kind of vibes. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. Sad times. So the... this. this one is so good. I I really like this one. She still got it. She she <laughs> t- I don't think she ever lost it. No, I know. I just like this one more than the other one so far. Yeah. Okay, number six. I'm just laughing at the title. <laughs> the title okay. isn't that funny. This it's is just an Ice- Icelandic. It's Icelandic, but the first word sounds like another word. It's because the first word is like, it looks like it would be pronounced similarly to, similarly to an English word that is um, a pejorative term for gay people, which I'm allowed to laugh yes. at, to be clear. Yes. <laughs> I actually had a lecturer the other day quote was quoting someone and was like, I'm just quoting this by the way. I'm sorry if you're offended and then said that word. The English word. In what context? It was about I think it was a, a quote a politician had said and was referring to a particular nation no, of people and so said that good. they were all um that word. And were you offended? Well, he he's because it wasn't directed towards me, but I was shocked <laughs> because I wasn't expect. He he sort of said, "I'm going to say something now," quoting this man, and I don't mean to offend anyone. And I and yeah. the way he said it, I thought he was going to say "fuck," but he actually <laughs> said that word, and I was like, eh. "Well, the song is called." Um, in, well, in, en- in English, it, in it means how beautiful it is in the fjords. And my butchered Icelandic pronunciation would, that's just how it looks like it sounds, would be Fagurt uh, i Fjord. In terms of this song, I it's based on a poem by an mm-hmm. uh, uh, Icelandic poet called Latra Bjorg. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. And her story is wild. She's 
like histor- an, a, a historical poet. And she was an outcast fisherwoman who was believed to be a fiskin, which is a person with a supernatural sense of the sea. And she could like tell like, when no, bad no, no, no. weather was going to happen and do weird stuff with fish. And a strange lady. I don't know if she could really do the fish stuff. But... That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But I I thought this song, it almost sounds quite hymnal. So it felt as if like the last song had been the sort of eulogy giving at a funeral. And this is sort of part of the funeral service still. Yeah, like a funeral dirge. It, it funeral very, dirge. The, the production is sort of very downcast, like electronic-y. Mm. Sad. The lyrics are all in Icelandic. I don't know what they mean. Nor do I. I think it's about sort of nature and and like the title, how beautiful it is. Very short. Yeah, but I I kind of like, like that after the seconds. and the long ancestress song. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Okay. The next one. It's, she likes to have a song where she like puts a poem to music, doesn't she? She does. That's she does like that. Um, okay, the next one. Victimhood. Your thoughts? I don't really like it. This is my... I I don't either. I I don't think it... It just doesn't... It's not that fun to listen to. It's really long. It's quite one note. The lyrics don't really speak to me. The sound doesn't speak to me. They're a part... It's just a bit of a, a drag. She... She has said it's like the final chapter of the divorce saga. But I kind of felt like... It's not really needed. Not that everyone else has moved on, <laughs> but Jeez, get over it. You, Is that what like, you're saying? No, but Utopia was kind of the I'm sort of like moving on from this, you know, getting my life back or blah blah blah. So it and then yeah, the rest of the album is about other stuff. So I don't really see why this song is on here. Yeah, I don't think it really fits. It doesn't it fit. It feels like Oh, it's just, I'm, yeah, I'm just not a fan. It's very dark and ominous sounding. She talks about, a lot about, like, transgressing from victimhood, digging out of a hole. Good for her, I guess. What, what are your was... thoughts? I didn't really get... it. You know what this song really reminds me of? It kind of gives me um the song Family from the album Volnikura. Well, that, that's why I feel like if it was on Volnikura, it would be a different... It might be a different story, but I just don't I just really don't see. Know, like, I just don't like this song. I just don't see how it fits on here. We should probably find a, a clip. Oh, I like that bit. It kind of sounds like something that would go on like a Christopher Nolan soundtrack. Like, it, it sort of sounds like. If it was a film set on the sea, when the shadow of the big sea monster goes past, you know what I mean? Have you seen Interstellar? You know when they're on that planet, and there's the huge wave? Yeah. That's, yeah. Or like... Or like anything in Tenet. It's very Christopher Nolan to me. Or like, um... If it was... I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but I imagine when, like, he sees... When he sees... When he sees the bomb for the first time, I imagine there's like a sound like that or something. The score is so good. I do want to see, see it. it. Um, oh, I have a timestamp from Victimhood of a bit that I thought sounded good. So I'm going to play that so we can end on a positive note. Fine, so- 
See, doesn't doesn't that sound lovely? I mean, it's. I think I just yeah. like I like the part that I like. There's a lot of sort of mysterious or brooding horns. I like the like noise. I think it sounds. Yeah. Okay. Number eight is this. Actually, there's a lot of songs on this album. It didn't feel like this many. But thirteen, I suppose, compared to some of the other ones, that's not that many. It's it's shorter, like runtime wise, than the last two albums. Yeah, well, that's because Vonakara has three ten-minute songs. How long is Biophilia? Ten songs. This is the shortest album since Biophilia. So in over ten years. Yeah. Um, okay, so number eight is Allow. What do you think about Allow? I really like this one. My first note is Babe Wake Up, the flutes are back. Because the opening well, is like This was originally for Utopia. Which which makes sense, yeah. It's very you can tell, but I'm down for that because I love Utopia and I like the lyrics, I like the sound of the song. It just sounds very nice. I love the flutes. Yeah. I also really love it. The opening. Yeah, I I really loved it too. I thought um, there's this other artist on it called Emily Nicholas, who's a Norwegian singer. I thought their voices mixed really nicely. I I thought it was yeah, it sounds nice. It was really lovely. Um, and I just like the sort of imagery it sort of conjured. So I think it was written because Utopia was partially recorded in the Caribbean. So apparently they spent a lot of time, like they would go and record the birds and sort of the jungles and things. So it sort of gave that feeling, which was quite nice. I really like the line, hair fossilized with salt and crust. I just think that's like, it's such a good line. Like you can imagine someone's hair. Fossilized. I like the use of the word fossilized. I just like that line. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. My my only one critique would be though is that I guess music or sonically the sound because of the flutes doesn't really fit the rest of the album. Kind of like Victimhood again. Well, I think it fits. I like the flutes more on the more than I like the clarinets and the horns. Yeah. But that's Point just because you're a Utopia fanboy. That's just my opinion. Also, like, Ancestress, which I loved, that one isn't... I'd say that one is sonically quite different from a lot of the album. I guess... Well, I, get, I, I think <laughs> the album is just... Uh, it's a diverse album. There isn't really... A big variety, there are a lot yeah. common threads, but there's also yeah. a lot of outliers. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it's, I would say it's quite a simple song in terms of just the themes it's tackling. It's more just I've been having a nice holiday sort of thing rather well, than... She, uh, she says, like, allow you to grow, allow me to grow. Braid the twigs and float in the air. Impossible match. It just sounds cool. I really like... Can I play a bit of the verse from the end, which is the Emily Nicholas? Because that's, like, my favourite bit. I think maybe. she's in most of the choruses as well, but she has a bit by herself at the end. We're, we're, we're through now to, like, sort of the last... I feel like Victimhood kind of breaks up the album as, like, before Victimhood and after Victimhood. Mm, yeah. It's just, like, a mountain that I had we had to overcome to get through to, like, listenable music. 
But your lost ancestress. I don't want to slag it off that much. But it's, it, it definitely feels like the equator. It's like the middle of the album. It's a hurdle. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one then is Fungal City. Which is a great Gosh. title already. I, I love the title. <laughs> to me, it sort of conjured images of a weird foot or something. <laughs> with like some sort of bad infection. Um, I, I and think it's... it's like, the title is very fitting that like if you thought of like a fungal city, like a city of mushrooms. Oh no, absolutely! Like it's it really does fit the the theme of the album, and yeah, sort of about love. About I thought it was quite similar to Cocoon. Yes, I was. Uh, in... She literally says Cocoon, and I was like, Cocoon callback. Yeah, and and it is almost the same sort of obsessive like I want to look after him and like roll him up and stuff like that cotton wool cocoon him or something yeah yeah it's sort of about like taking like comfort and solace with you know like a partner she basically is like singing someone's praises she speaks quite highly of this person on the song I feel like Hmm, yeah um and is it uh... the, the artist that's credited um Serpent, Serpent with, with feet. feet. Is that the person doing the like backing vocals? Yeah, Cause... I think quite a lot of the people, the other artist features are only sort of it's giving you know like Taylor Swift and Lana Del Rey. This was he sounds like they this they sound very good on this song. I actually don't know who they are. Let me look them up. American experiment musician. I think this song is like maybe. After the grief and the sadness, she feels like she's getting her groove back and getting her strength back through the help of like a supportive partner. Because she says his vitality repolarizes me. Yeah, but yeah, Do you this one sounds else? very nice. I like it. Oh, Lovely. Should we move on to Trilla Yeah. So this is another, I guess, like mycelia, uh, an instrumental but vocal. This one. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Do you prefer this one? Yes. That's so interesting. Why? Because I... Okay, first of all, it just has more action. Mycelia is more low-key. It's also longer. Actually, this one's about the same length. I just like it more. I just think it sounds great. Well, this is, I guess, has more of a techno uh, edge to it. Yeah. And actually, so Troller is troll in, in Icelandic, and Gabba... Um, can mean trick in Icelandic but also when Björk, there's a type of music called Gabba uh, which is like a type of hardcore techno which Björk really loves and she, she mentioned it so I think that's so it's like troll techno that's my interpretation I there's this kind of like vocal or I think it's vocal like an audio sample which is used on this song and it, they kind of like keep twisting the clip and like pitching it up and down and adjusting how it sounds and like at the start it sounds like a dinosaur is on the track like a pterodactyl and then it sounds yeah. like a like crying child and then yeah. it sounds like a siren and then i just think the song is so interesting i want to find it, a dinosaur <laughs> Here it was like the very Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's like dark and crunchy, and I like it. What are your thoughts? 
I like it. I I prefer mycelia out of the two. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. This it one is more in keeping yeah. with my like Pluto declare independence. Angry Bjork. I fantasy. know you're you're a real techno boy now. You've really gotten into it via Bjork. Anyway, should we move on? Track eleven, freefall. Yeah. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I think this is a similar thing. Like the last one, she's just kind of like. Well, not including Trailer Gabba, the last like real song, she's like raving about like a man, and then well, I'm assuming a, a partner probably. And this one is kind of similar. I think she's like seeking comfort from someone. She says like, "Safe inside the fabric of our love-woven membrane." She talks about like sharing music and films, and it's like really nice strings, like heartfelt lyrics. It sounds quite dramatic. It is actually. Um... It's quite unnerving, maybe, I would say, at times. I actually don't agree. I didn't find it unnerving. I thought it was quite sweet. And I think her vocals are really strong on this one. I would agree. Um, It sounds really lovely. But the best part for me was the ending with the pizzicato, and I sort of wish that it was like that for the whole song. Can you explain what pizzicato is? On a straight, like a, a bowed instrument, so a violin or a cello, when you sort of pluck. Um, yeah. with your fingers instead it's of blowing like a, it. Like a plinky twinkly kind of sound. Yeah, and I, and I wish you just did it for the whole song because that was the best part by far. I don't agree. I like the other part where she's more kind of like this bit. The kind of like big strings and her kind of like wailing is very homogenic to me in a way that is pleasing. Oh, she's yes. about hiking as well. It's just cute. It's cutesy. Yeah. Hike mountains and beaches. Ah. Shall I play the twinkly bit as well? The lyrics on the twinkly bit are very biophilious. There's a lot of this album feels like a lot of you can see threads from like a lot of different albums kind of coming together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that's why, to me, it sort of does feel not... I wouldn't describe it as messy, but there's quite a lot of different things going on and different sounds, and perhaps it's not as cohesive as some of her other mm. Which albums. can be to a benefit, because it's Oh, less, no, yeah. Um, I know it, like, Von the Curve, for example, I guess we're getting into other album discussion again, but is like, sort of... We can much more of a single, albums. continuous theme and sound and yeah. the same for a lot of Utopia, whereas this one is more of a a mix of things. Yeah. Still this good, though. Point. Thank you, Twinkly Bear. Softly this is like, that would, it's like a happy little mouse song. Like a little mouse, like, yeah, trying along. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it. I don't either, but I, I like this one. It's a good one. Get on to the, the title track. I I love Fossera, the, the song. I like it. Do, do you not get massive Pluto vibes from it? Oh, uh, no. No, I don't think I did at all. Really? I no, did. Wait, it's more like the horns, isn't it? No, but towards the end, there's techno stuff. I 
I'm gonna be honest. I I think I tuned out during this song, and I did not. I don't remember that part at all. I thought you were gonna love it because of that bit, and your techno, your techno fandom now. I think maybe it just didn't grab me, (laughs) and I was like, oh, maybe I do like this one. I don't know. Sure. Let's. I actually, I feel like I should should have listened to it and paid more attention. It that bit is very Pluto. Yeah. (laughs) I. It's got a lot. It's, it's got a lot of mushroom imagery, I guess it's again. So Fossera comes... The well. mushrooms have roots. Because this, this album and this song in particular is very much like she's talking about roots. But do mushrooms have roots? I think they have a... I mean, my mushroom knowledge only really coming from The Last of Us, the game slash TV show. Yeah, they like sort of do of spread. Like, yeah. But I think they're all sort of connected. Well, they are in The Last of Us. They're like a hive mind. Yeah. But I don't know if, I don't but, know how scientific The Last of Us is. I don't know if we should take all yeah. our mushrooms. Um, but, well, Fossera, the word, comes from the Latin for digger. But she translates it as she who digs because it's sort of the feminine uh, version of that. I, I think it's catchy, you know. The chorus is really catchy. And, yeah, it's fun. I like it. Yeah. She talks a lot about spores and digging and like digging down and dissolving like pain and trauma and plastic and concrete. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's Bjork like drill simulator 2K22. <laughs> do you think what do you think if she were to play a simulator game, what would she play? Uh oh. Probably it would, being honest, it would be like. DJ Simulator, like DJ Hero. I bet you she's on Club Penguin on that on that uh, <laughs> dance game or the pizza game. She would, she would like go on The Sims, but she would make her character like an app developer who makes an app where you can listen to an album and like play with the different songs. <laughs> Do you think Bjork just plays on the Biophilia app for fun? Do you think yeah. she's the only one who like, uses it? She like, sits on the toilet on the biophilia app. <laughs> on her phone. Because <laughs> I imagine she still has like an iPhone 4 or something like that. Should we move on to the final track? Yeah. Uh, her mother's like this house. One. You do? I do. I, I, I love do. this one as well. Her mother's talk, house. Talk me, so, me through HMH. Her mother's house. Well, it features her daughter. Um, Isadora, yeah, uh, who uh, does these sort of vocal runs in the background, and then towards the end has a has a verse. I think she's she was born in two thousand and three. I think she was born. She's younger than us, I'm sure, which is wild. Well, sort of Medusa is about the next album. All we have to do is like. Well, we're not her child, so that probably doesn't Well, help. Emily Nicholas isn't her child, but she got on. We have to become mm-hmm. like a human instrument, though, like Absolutely. a trombone or something. Also, I, I don't, I have no musical talent. I'm a human yeah, xylophone. She was born in 2002, so she's younger than, she's younger than me and maybe younger than you. What month? Do you want me to look up Bjork's daughter's <laughs> birthday? Yes. <laughs> this feels creepy. She's younger than you. Okay. Um, she has a she has a page on the Bjork fandom wikia. 
Does she actually? Well, I guess she's a featured artist now. She wrote the song. Did she, she actually? That? Yeah, she, she wrote this. So, yeah, this uh, sort of... Request, she asked, the... her mum asked her to say goodbye to the nest. And she said it was her making fun of herself for being a bit clingy. Oh. It's sort of about a conversation between them. And, yeah, I guess about the youngest child leaving. And yeah. there's there's this nice sort of balloon metaphor. Um, well, like the balloon is also a heart. Which is also like a piece of pottery or something. I well, I think it's supposed to mean that like a child who is loved is going to float higher than, uh, yeah, a, a child that, that is isn't. also a heart. Yeah, it's like and a balloon ceramic, like the four chambers of the heart. She I also um, it ties in nicely to the album's sort of theme because then this is her like paying it forward and like passing down her love to like the next generation. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, I think the daughter sounds pretty good. She does. She's a nice singer. Um, there's also references to undo, or they say undo in it, um, which I thought was at nice. Point, like, at this point, I don't know if it's like, because you pick up on these words like undo and cocoon, and I'm like, are these intentional references, or is it like she's just got such a vast body of work that she's going to end up repeating words? I think the cocoon isn't necessarily a reference. I think the undo absolutely is because undo. The, no, but if you listen to the way she sings it, it's very similar in melody to the song undo. The song undo. Mm. And at the end, she just goes undo, and she just keeps singing it. And also, undo, undo. is from the album that's about the relationship between Björk and the father of her daughter. Mm. So, if anything, it's sort of relates. So, really, that's her birth. That's her creation. I guess. Yeah. But then I feel like you could link anything that way by, like, well, if if she referenced a different song, you could be like, and that song is actually sung by Björk, who is the mother of Isadora, so it all ties <laughs> in together. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I really like this one. It was, it's quite what similar to my juvenile. Yeah, I can see that. It's very kind of soothing yeah it's just a nice like change of pace for the end of the album after Fossera being like yeah yeah what, should I play a bit with the with the daughter singing yeah play the balloon bit <laughs> play the undo bit as well because I think there's a genuine Like trying to like I don't know the names of the instruments, the one in the background. Really. I think it's the clarinet. It sounds clar- lovely. I, th- I think the clarinet sounds the best on this song. Her next album is gonna be the harpsichord album. Has she I'm not already done that? Was what, that what, not what, like what do you predict is gonna be the instrument that's gonna tie together Bjork eleven? Um gonna, gonna go back to the um what was the one she like invented for, for biophilia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Hang on. Oh, if you oh, got the, it in te- your little... the gamma lest. The gamma lest. It was the gamma lest, oh. and also she used the Tesla coil. Yeah. This. Oh no, we d- we really don't need a biophilia sequel. Like you know how Nicki Minaj is doing Pink Friday too right now. She's releasing like a follow up to Pink Friday. Yeah. 
What if we got biophilia too? No, you're, you're so mean about biophilia, and so am I. Electric bio boogaloo. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about this this track? I just really like it. That's all I need to say. Do you want to talk about the cover art? Yeah, we can talk about the cover art. Let me let me get a high quality picture up. It's I quite like it. I like the, I, the colour scheme. I feel like the colour scheme fits the album. I didn't realise that she was crouching. I thought no, it I was... I didn't realise either. I just noticed this today. I thought it was a skirt of mushrooms. So did I. But she's like, she's like a little troll, like, crouching. It's so funny. She is, she's the troller Gabba. Yeah, I didn't realise yeah. that was her knee. Like, in front of her. Is, what, yeah. is she, what is she wearing on her feet? She's got, like, boots. She's got, like, troll boots on. I like this. It's very uh, hair. It's kind of jellyfish. Yeah. Should I? What did I write oh, down? I, hate her I said no because I thought the hair. It kind of looked like a yussified water girl. You know, from like lava <laughs> boy and water girl. Actually, the, with the with the thing she's got on her neck, it very much gives jellyfish. Or like um those like like are they dandelions where you blow the seeds? Yeah. I feel like her face may have been edited quite a lot. If you look close at her face. Mm. And then she's surrounded by sort of... It's a good cover. I like it. This is quite good. I feel like it's um interesting in comparison to some of the other covers because, like, she's not entirely the focal point. Like, the, the mushrooms take up as much space as she does, whereas typically it's sort of all either her face or her silhouette. Yeah, I know. It sort of stands out quite a bit from the others. You can mm. sort of see her legs. Can we see her legs in any other one? Um, Von Le Curry, you can see her legs sort of down to her knees. In Volta, you can see a pair of feet. <laughs> oh, but God. I hers. We have to do our favourites. Okay. Okay, my favourites would probably be... I've got a little starts next to them. Um, in no particular order, but I, well, my three runners up would be her mother's house, Troller Gabba, and Allow. I like mm-hmm. those three a lot. But my all-time number one crowning favorite would be Ancestress from this album. I think it's for me head and shoulders above the rest. My favorites would be, um. I guess similar, her mother's house, allow, and I would say Fossera. And my number one would also be Ancestress. We neither of us have really picked other than Ancestress any from the first half of the album. But I do like Atopos and Ovule. They're just not I don't think it's And you didn't pick you didn't pick Mycelia either. No, although well, I don't want to have too many favourites. I had to sort of cut down on some. I those are valid. Good choices. I mean obviously I concur since three of mine were the same. Yeah. What's your least favourite? My, I'm surprising no one. My least favourite is Victimhood. It did not speak to me. Yeah, same. I think. It just doesn't really fit, and I feel like it's sort of old territory. It's not that just, new or interesting. nice to listen to. Yeah. Honestly. It's not. For me. For me! For me, yeah. personally. But um, yeah. Yeah. So where where would this? Okay, I need to think about my album ranking. Oh, I haven't even thought about that. And you and you've got to say your favorite Bjork song of all time. Ten albums in. Oh no, that that's episode? so I difficult. Like we didn't do that on the last episode. Do you want to do it then? What is your 
your top 10 okay. ranking then. Shall I go from the bottom and work my way up? Yeah, because I don't think we're going to be surprised by the bottom. Okay, my album ranking. For intent place, Biophilia. Number nine. Just on the virtual of Oceania and like the triumph of a heart. Medulla. Okay. Number eight. Coming, coming in fresh. Fosterer. At number eight? At number eight. Wow. It didn't speak to me that much. Honestly. Okay. This could change. It, it could change. Light, it was a light four. <laughs> L. It's fine. <laughs> number seven. Uh, Monica. Okay. Number six. Utopia. So it's dropped that. that much. It's, it was your number one last time. It was more recent, and I've like actually thought about the older albums, and I realised that I actually do like them a lot. Maybe a lot more. I've had a lot more time with them, so that might have skewed it. Number okay. five, post. Mm-hmm. Number four, debut. Mm-hmm. Number three, Volta. Ooh. Okay. Uh, number two, Vespertine. And number one, uh, Homogenic. Homogenic, yeah. Okay. See that. For mine, in number 10, we have Biophilia, Listen to, but will never be forgotten. <laughs> number nine. We're so mean about Biophilia. It's not even a bad album. It's just like... It's not. And actually, I really fine. like Virus off of Biophilia. That is really nice. <laughs> it is. It's just... I think I've it's just seen, become like a running joke. I feel like there's potential that if I do my re-listen, it might place above Fossera. I'm not going to go that far, okay. <laughs> so number 10, Biophilia. Number 9 for me is Volnicara. Um, yeah. It's just the album, I don't really return to it at it all, if I'm honest. No, and there's no songs that, yeah. I'm um, I prefer it to Biophilia. Number 8, I have Post. Yeah. Number 7, I have Debut. Wait, you have Post at number 8? That's Again, fucking I, wild. I Hyper haven't Ballad listened. Who? Isabel, who? I haven't re-listened as much as you. I haven't re-listened as much as you. And again, this is subject to change for our modern, for our ranking episode. Um, number seven. I, I'm so blown away by this. You prefer Utopia to Post. Dan, the way you're speaking about Post is if it's your number one. Is it should like your what number five? Yeah. Okay. okay, go on, go on, go on. My number seven is, is Debut. My number six is Fossera. My number five is Volta. My number four is Utopia. Okay. My number three <laughs> is Medulla. My number two, two, my number well, two well, is Homogenic. And my number one is Vespertine. Valid. Okay. And my favourite song of all I time. I think you both way too low. I haven't re-listened to them recently, so They're again, really cool. this is this is just going off of recency bias. Um, and my favourite song at the moment is "It's Not Up to You." It's just about honestly, it might be Cocoon still. Mm, that's interesting. I think I've said Cocoon for at least half the episodes, but like I really like Cocoon. Even though you have Homogenic above it. In the album, I think Homogenic I like more as a whole. I, every song on Homogenic, except maybe Alarm Call, is a certified banger. Whereas yeah. Vespertine, there are like a few that I skip. Okay, I can yeah, I can respect that. 
Carpin by Carpin. So good. We both have best teen, best teen picks. Yeah. What a journey we've been on together with I this know. Ex- with this the Beer Club um social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel so proud of us for getting to I the know, end. I can't believe we actually fucking did it. Like we really made a commitment and started a project and actually finished it. I know. It's actually. So what's next for Björk Club now that we've covered all of Björk's albums to date? We have, you know, we've got a few things in the pipeline that we're happy to share with you. Um, so let me hand over to my lovely assistant, Ben. Can you just talk us through? We're going to have definitely another episode talking so about just the ten- episodes. Yeah, we're going to have an episode about talking about the 10 albums as a whole. It's probably going to be like our Christmas special, so we might have a Björk quiz. And, and, we, and um, we're going to drink Baileys. Yes, and um, another Christmas theme drinks. Bjork has a lot of, I guess, B sides or remix albums, like other little oddities, live albums. She's also done lots of collaborations, so we're going to do an episode on them, like a a miscellaneous episode. Yes, and also, oh god, we actually have quite a lot of other episodes planned. We want to watch the the film, yeah, and we want to listen to more than a couple films. Uh, Selma songs, is it? The Selma songs, Dancer in the Dark, The Northman. We are also gonna maybe listen to some of the Sugar Cubes. Is that what they're called? Oh yeah, we could do Sugar Cubes. We well, what, yeah. We also were thinking of doing a new artist. Well, we know the artist. I think. Yeah, Fiona Apple is our new. We're gonna do Apple Club. Okay. It's like, well, um, yeah. Thank you. If you made it this far and you listened to all ten episodes, you are eligible for the Björk Burger. Um, and if you get or get your card stamped for all ten episodes, then please email us, send us your mother's maiden name, um, and your address, and we'll get that sent over to you. Yes, and thank you for if anyone is listening. Then thank you very much. We really thank do appreciate for, it. Thank you for your support. We have like a, a small uh, base of listeners and a small group of um, a small audience, but we appreciate you very much. Um, yeah, <laughs> that note. Good Björk. Good Björk for the last, for the final time, for now. <laughs> good yeah. Björk. Good Björk. Welcome to Björk Club. It's a podcast and a club where we talk of Björk songs, her eras, her clothes, and her gongs. Welcome to Björk. Club.